1: everybody we uh, I, I'm afraid uh, that I have to tell you this but we are, are experiencing some user error technical difficulties I accidentally set the show for 15 minutes guys <laughs> so no I'm gonna yeah <laughs> I did I set it for 15 minutes I did yeah I just saw it pop up so we're gonna have to like uh, cut this out we'll be back in 15 uh, come hold back on, on, and, uh, what, we'll, Oh, you got this?
2: I think, I think I can fix it. Just keep going.
1: Okay. All right. Well, Jawan's going to get on it. And so that's, that's awesome if he can fix it. Um, so Oops. anyway, welcome back to the 20th episode of full court press. We made it to 20 fellas. That's pretty awesome. Uh, D- Joelle, what's happening, man?
3: What's up, man? Let's do this. Let's talk, let's talk some basketball. Yeah.
1: Indeed. Uh, oh, you got your Brooklyn accent going down. Um uh Juwan Jawan, what's up, man? How's the fix coming? <laughs> uh,
2: it's coming, uh <laughs> it's coming a little slow, but I'm gonna get there. Um, I'm just really excited to talk basketball.
1: All right. Yeah. Well you got fourteen minutes, so uh not to rush here. No nothing. pressure. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, fellas. We got a lot to talk about. Um, let's get it started with this, because I just this is not really on our, our on our topics or anything, but I gotta talk about this for just a second. Just just bear with me here. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, look, Tawan's already got it fixed. Nice, good what? job, Tawan. Thank you, sir. Um, not a problem. So check that, Check this out. Kyrie doubled down on his flat Earth theory. Um this past week, and so I got a challenge for Kyrie Irving. I live in Atlanta, Georgia Kyrie Irving uh, fly me from Atlanta down to Argentina, and I will get on a plane that you pay for. It. If you really, really want to want to test your theory, I will get on a plane from Tierra del Fuego which is the southernmost airport in South America. It's located in Argentina. And I will fly all the way to Albany, Australia, over Antarctica, which apparently to flat earthers, surrounds the flat earth. Like, essentially, they believe that uh, the North Pole is like the, the uh, quintessential spot and everything from that point is flat, and Antarctica just surrounds everything and it's all flat. Um, I will get on a plane and fly. I'm not asking you to do it, obviously, because you, you're afraid you're going to like fly off into space and shit. But, like, bro, I will uh-huh. get on a plane and uh-huh. I will fly all the way over, directly over Antarctica. Um, I got a globe in front of me. I'm, like, looking at it right now. It's like, it's, like, right over the middle of Antarctica. I will do it. So, hit me up, son. Like, I'm all about it. Like, I love to travel. So, if you want to pay for it, like, let's do it. We'll 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 either prove or disprove your theory, bro. Um, Jawan, Joel, y'all got anything to add to my rant?
3: <laughs> no. Oh <laughs> uh, no no you you took care of that. <laughs> <laughs>
1: All right then. Well, let's get into the show then. Um, we got a lot of topics tonight, man. We got nine topics with some subcategories. So let's get right into it. Uh, I want to start off with a couple of. You know who's been the most surprising team in a positive way, and who's been the most disappointing team. Um, right. Interestingly enough, there are not enough antonyms for disappointing. Try coming up with a word <laughs> that is the opposite of disappointing. One word? Nah, you got to go with positively surprising. That's what I had to had to write. So anyway, uh-huh. who has been the most positively surprising team thus far? Uh, let's start with you, Joelle. Who you got?
3: Uh, I was well. I was talking to Joanna uh, the other day about this, but I think the, the team that has possibly positively surprised me the most has been the Orlando Magic, because I legit had no faith that this team knew what they was doing. <laughs> like I, I looked at their roster, and I'm like, I don't really know what they're trying to do, and they and they made some roster moves. Oh, the, the best move they made this this offseason was picking up John Simmons. And I was like, that was the only positive thing I could have gave him because I was like, I don't even know what else to do because I wasn't confident in his starting five. Well, and, and drafting. They drafted it. They made a good draft day. Yeah, they did, they did draft well. I'll give them that. But, I, but it was still a question mark because I'm not really sure what they're going to end up doing. Um, right, and right. so far, it's, it's okay. He's been, oh, he's been decent um, so far this season. But yeah, I just never expected this from them. They're playing really well. Like, they blew out the Spurs the other day. <laughs> like, yeah. the Orlando Magic. It's like, uh, Aaron Gordon had like a 40-point, 40-something point game the other day. Yep. Uh, him, them, him, Vucevic, Pornier, Um, they're playing well all at the same time. I think that's what's really the shocking part, you know? Uh, but yeah, yeah, yeah they're, they're, the they're, mo- they're the team that surprised me the most.
1: Yeah, man, they're playing together. They're playing as a team. Frank Vogel has that team. In fact, they were my eighth seed for the playoffs last year. And I was so disappointed when they just sucked, you know, like, I mean, what, what did they end up like 12th, 13th, something like that. Maybe even a 14th. I can't remember. Um, I mean, I know they weren't, I know they weren't the Nets and Nets were the worst team in the East, uh, but they weren't far from it. They really weren't. I mean, maybe, I, I think the Sixers, I think they were 13th. I think the Sixers and Nets were worse than them. Those were the only two teams worse than them as I recall. Um, and like but yeah man, I uh I agree. They they have definitely been um very, very surprising. Uh Jawan, who you got?
2: Uh I hate Joel, because uh, that was what <laughs> I was gonna go with. But luckily I had a um
3: back Add a, backup. a
2: plan B add a nice. back me yes. too.
3: Cause that's what I was gonna I'm go gonna with. Go, and I had to
2: don't don't feel my plan B though, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I hope I didn't. I hope I didn't. Um, I'm gonna go with the Detroit Pistons. I'm gonna Damn say it, I'm gonna have to go plan C. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I'm sorry. See, Joel ruined all everything, good. man. I uh, know, oh, right?
3: <laughs> oh, go ahead, uh, Yeah, that's it.
2: I'm gonna say at their current record of uh, five and three. Um, This team has definitely been uh, playing a lot better than uh, people thought they were going to be. Pistons have kind of been one of those teams where Drummond has kind of just always been the middle of the road kind of guy. Uh, You know, never really surprised you, gave you the typical numbers. Um, You know, but this, this season, this team is starting to really, really, really look good. And I will say, if any of the talks that I've been hearing as far as Pistons are really eager to move Reggie Jackson, uh, especially Mm -hmm. if they could possibly get Bledsoe. Um, Mm. I think Bledsoe could add another great dimension to this team. Nick brings this up a lot, and not a lot of people mention this often with Bledsoe, but it should be mentioned more. He's a really good defender. So when you talk a team that has a guy like Drummond that kind of could uh, protect protect the rim, and then you have... Avery Bradley and Bledsoe as your two guards, uh, that team could really start to look a lot more, uh, you know, uh, better defensively. And that's what Gundy wants. Gundy wants this team to play really hard on defense. So, I mean, you know, I really like the way this team has has started to look early in the season. Whether or not they maintain it is to be seen, uh, but that can be said for a lot of our people that we'll, we'll be saying today. Um, but I'm really impressed on what they've done so far. And I could see this team, especially if they make that trade, because uh, I think Reggie is not necessarily hurting them, but I believe he will in the long run. I think Bledsoe is a way better option for uh, for, for the way that that team is set up. Um, but if they do make that trade, I could see this Pistons team, if they can kind of maintain this a little bit, I could see this team making the playoffs, whether it be a seventh or eighth seed, but I could see them uh, – lobbying for that playoff spot yeah absolutely and um
1: i i think that's a really interesting trade um i i mean let let me just start off with this reggie has been playing great ball so far this year like last year he had a terrible season um and part of that was due to injury he's been playing really well this year um but i don't think you can undersell enough like just the tandem that would be Eric Bledsoe and Avery Bla- Bradley in that backcourt defense like that would just be so stout like like Reggie like and again like I said he's had a great season he's not a defender that is not his game he scores the basketball he's a reasonably good passer um but his his game is not playing D um, Bledsoe is a great defender, and if you pair him up with arguably the great greatest defender uh, guard wise in the league of Avery Bradley, um maybe I don't know, maybe minus Patrick Beverly Yeah, I, I love Patrick Beverley, but nevertheless, <laughs> you you have that kind of tandem in the in the backcourt. That is something to to be feared. Um, and so I I think, to me, if you're the Pistons, regardless of how well Reggie's playing so far this year, I still think you make that trade. Just just the the upside with that is just so, so great, and you know Stan Van Gundy loves his defense. So, I mean, I I don't know. I don't necessarily think that they would make that trade, but I I would have to... I would have to seriously contemplate it, and I think if push came to shove, I would I would make that trade as well, Juwan. Um, so I'm going to just continue my A, putting my foot in my mouth from preseason, and B, praising this team. I got to pick the Grizzlies, man. Like, I mean, y'all took my A, you took my B, so I'm going to go with a C. I got to go with the Grizzlies. They're number one in the West, first of all. They're 5-2. Um, they don't have Jermichael Green. They lost Zebo in the off season, And Mike Conley is not even playing that well. Like, he ain't playing bad, but he ain't playing great. Um, I mean, his averages right now, 17.3 points per game. That's all right. 3.0 assists, four, I'm sorry, 3.0 rebounds, 4.3 assists decent but like I would have expected that he would have had to do a lot more than that for them to be at the point that they're at um, they're just plugging and playing guys um, Tyreek Evans is playing really well Ennis is playing great um, if they could ever get Chandler Parsons to just you know, play for 10% of what his contract is worth <laughs> you know they would be you know that much better like that team is just consistently surprising me throughout this season and and not only that like not only are they playing great but they have wins against Golden State they have two wins against the Houston Rockets um and then you know uh, a, a loss to Dallas which was unfortunate and a loss to Charlotte um You know, last night, uh, or the night before, rather. Um, But their wins are very impressive. The way they play defense, like that, they just have built a culture there. All their guys buy in, and I'm sorry, Memphis, that I ever doubted you. Um, I got to say, I mean, I don't think they'll keep up this pace. But I think Mem- mm. I'm, I think it's safe to say, at least for me right now, I think Memphis, you know, barring any injuries, they'll make the playoffs yet again this year. Um, and I at the beginning of the season, I did not think that was going to happen. So, props to you, Memphis. Um, y'all got anything to add about Memphis?
2: Uh, I like it. Memphis. Go ahead, bro. <laughs> Sorry.
3: No, no, that's alright. Um, I, I was I sad like during, the, during our off-season thing. Like, I didn't hate them as much as you guys did. That's true. Um, I didn't know if they would make. I didn't. I didn't know if they'd make the playoffs, so I couldn't like disagree there. Um, because I, I like you guys, I didn't trust the roster. Like looking at the roster, it wasn't. It wasn't anything to scream about. But I did say like Mike Conley and Marcus All and Coach Fisdale, Those things enough. They they've been consistent even through different coaches. They've kept the same type of culture. So I have to give them credit mm-hmm. that they still hold up till this day. And those two guys just know each other so well. Marcus All and Mike Conley, just, uh, they're, the, they're the solid, hard rock foundation of that team.
1: Absolutely, man. Uh, Juwan? Um,
2: yeah, uh, two quick things I wanted to say about them. One, I hold Memphis to a different standard. Uh, they're one of the teams that it's like, all right, well, playoffs is kind of, you know, where the, this team always ends up at. I need to see them – push that envelope now. You don't have that much Mm -hmm. longer on Gasol, um, so you need to actually start making moves that can get you past uh, these teams you're losing to in the first and or second round. Uh, My expectations for this team, like I said, are are a lot higher because of the fact that I can't just grade them off of, are they going to make the playoffs? They make the playoffs. The question is, are they going to get past the first round when they make, make it to the playoffs? Also, if I'm them, I know you're gonna say no, Nick, and I haven't even looked into it. I just I'm just saying this off of off of the the rip. Um, if I'm the Grizzlies, I might call Houston and see if they want to take Parsons back. <laughs> and see if, I can get, no if I can get Anderson or something, just something that could kind of help me out and get rid of Parsons. <laughs> so. I mean, because if you ain't think about it, ain't nobody taking Parsons. I'll
1: tell you. I'll tell you who might take Parsons. Uh, the New York Knicks,
3: <laughs> and you know who I'm going to say it's for. oh <laughs> uh, yeah. Ooh. I
2: was. I was just saying it in, in in reference to. I think I don't think their contracts are that far off. So we know Houston wants to get no, it out No, they're, they're relatively.
1: close They're right around twenty million, both of them.
2: Yeah. So I mean, we got to think. What was Parsons' best year That's crazy. in Houston? Um, No, his best years were in Dallas, man
1: Well, no, I'm sorry Yeah, no, his best years were in Houston You're right, I'm
2: sorry Yeah If if, if I'm them, it works for both of us If I'm Houston, I get him for the remainder of his contract He's younger Um, There's a possibility that coming back to Houston Will give him new life And I get rid of Ryan Anderson So, I mean, to me it seems like a possible win-win. But, like I said, I'd have to look into it more. I just wanted to throw it out there. It's probably
1: not likely, but the way you explain it, it makes more sense than it does in real life. (laughs) (laughs) Let me just say that. (laughs) Um, But uh, I got one quick thought uh, as far as your your Memphis grading. Um, I get that they're like a consistent playoff team. But my thing with Memphis going into this year was, um, yeah, they made the playoffs, you know, consecutive years. But they they're kinda like the Toronto of, of the West to me, and because the West is so stacked, like has so much talent out there now, I just didn't think they were gonna be able to keep up. You know what I mean? Like if like I, I know you can relate in this sense, uh, Jawan. If you put Toronto in the West, would you have them making the playoffs? <laughs> No. no. Yeah, and that's all exactly about so. That's that. no. and that's <laughs> and that's how I saw. Well, and that's how I saw Memphis. Kind of, you know, taking they've been taking steps back for the past few years, but as far as just talent that they have on their team, um, but man, I, hey, they've been surprising me thus far this season, and like I hope they keep it up because I like the small market teams and I like to see them do well. Um, but let's move on. Mm-hmm. Uh, we got to move on to the rotten eggs of the group, the disappointing teams of the season. So, Joel, who has been the most disappointing team to you thus far this season?
3: Uh, The most disappointing team for me is not technically the team. I'm more like a team I'm super worried about. But they have been disappointing based on that they just haven't looked very good on the court together, and they haven't since preseason. Maybe it's just the early jitters or whatever but the cleveland cavaliers have been kind of disappointing to watch they have so much talent so much depth and they've kind of just been average and i think it for me it's been disappointing because I, I expected more from them and I, and they probably will bounce back at some point because that's just what they do but so far in the beginning of the season between them and the warriors but the warriors are even another team that i, just, I have even less worry about but definitely the cavaliers have, have, is the team that I really like shocked me so far
1: yeah no man I feel you um and we'll delve absolutely delve more into that in our next uh segment um Juwan who you got as the most disappointing team for you thus far
2: well unfortunately for this one I did not have a backup um I was hoping Joe would have um <laughs> But, no, all <laughs> jokes aside, uh, this, this team is a disappointment, and I do not think it is, it is just the idea of it being early, um, early in the season. Uh, I think, the, you know, how they're losing and the teams they're losing to uh, speaks more to, um, uh, you know, the, the, the way this team is, is set up. I mean, if you think about it, their biggest wins are against Milwaukee um, and Boston, and then their losses have been against Knicks, Nets. They're about to lose to your Pacers, uh, Nick. So I mean, blown out know, by the Pelicans. This team blown out by the Pelicans, absolutely. This team has a lot more issues. I think LeBron's head is somewhere else. I do not believe him when he says he's not healthy. Uh, I mean, not not he didn't say he wasn't healthy. He said he wasn't uh in shape. If you follow LeBron on any of his social media he has done nothing but post workout videos so unless he's not really lifting any weights or conditioning at all in these (laughs) videos and he's just faking it I call bullshit on that he is he is in shape this team just is not playing well and I know a lot of people are attributing all these new assets to when he first got to Miami only difference was we were like, okay, well, Dwayne Wade, who's been playing by himself, Bosch who's been playing by himself, and LeBron, who's been playing by himself, it'll just take a while for them to mesh. The reason why this team is struggling, they are not playing defense. It is not a matter of they can't fit the pieces of the puzzle. The pieces of the puzzle, you know, when they need to fit, it's just when they do fit, no one is playing defense. They are giving up almost, I think, close to the most threes in the NBA. Um, it's just an effort thing. That's why any time you have to hold a player meeting in October, it's all about effort, all about effort. It's not the idea of pieces don't fit properly. Uh, I, I mean, the closest thing I can attribute that to is when New England was struggling earlier this year, it wasn't a, an issue of you don't have the talent. It was an issue of it just looks like guys aren't communicating and there's just no effort. Like there's just no, no effort at all. So I think Cleveland's biggest issue is you don't have, you have all these veteran guys whose mind are are in the playoffs that they're really not putting their foot on the pedal at all this early in the regular season. Like Joel said, it's hard to think that they won't bounce back and still be that dominant Cleveland team that'll be in the finals. But I tell you what, if one of these these teams, whether it be Milwaukee figuring it out or maybe even Boston, they could possibly catch this team slipping. This team is a lot more human than it was last year. Yeah,
1: and I completely agree with both of you. Um, I mean, that would definitely be the team that is just the most shockingly bad so far this season. Um, But I'm going to throw out another juggernaut just for the sake of argument. I've watched a lot of Warriors games this season. In fact, I watched every single Warriors game for the first week because they had NBA League Pats for free, and so I was all about that. I was watching all those games. And (laughs) I have Steph Curry on my my fantasy team at least for another three days. Um, But uh, (laughs) I got to admit, man, I mean, granted they lost a nail-biter to Houston Um, And then, you know, they lost to Memphis, who's been playing great, and they lost to Detroit, who's also been playing very well. But it's not just about that. They struggled against New Orleans. They They ended up beating them by eight, but, man, they had to fight for that. Dallas, they ended up, like, just annihilating them by 30 points. But that came in, like, the second part of the third quarter. They just took over that game. And that's great on them, but they had to struggle through the first half. Um, Toronto, they only beat by five points. Washington, they only beat by three points. Um, They beat the shit out of the Clippers last night, but they always beat the shit out of the Clippers. there's one team, the Warriors, you can rely on them to beat. It's the fucking Clippers. Um, So, you know, regardless, I just think they're not playing defense. It's the same kind of thing with – uh, Cleveland, They're not playing defense. And, and there's really no
0: excuse
1: for the Warriors. At least Cleveland has some new pieces that they have to, like, work into the mix and get everything straight, set and everything else. With the Warriors, they have the same core. They just got some new, a few new pieces. I think they're going to work it out. I think they'll be fine. But the way that this team has been playing this year is so – so different from last year's team. Um, Steph Curry's been balling out. He's been playing great. KD has not been playing that well, um, for his standard anyway. Um, Draymond has been playing a little subpar. Uh, Clay has just been okay. Um, They just haven't really clicked yet this year. And I'm just kind of waiting to see if that can happen. Um, And... I just can't wait to see OKC <laughs> play them. I believe uh, I believe the first game's um, uh, in November, um, but I'm really looking forward to that Christmas Day game. That is just going to be off the chain. I can't wait to see it. I hope OKC just annihilates them. Um, I'm showing my colors here a little bit, but nevertheless, um, OKC's defense has been great this year. Surprisingly great, um, and you know, I don't know. I I think I see some holes in in the Warriors right now, and I almost wonder if maybe maybe the league kind of figured a little bit of it out. You know, what, I mean, what do y'all think? Do you think? Let me just pose this question to both of you: Do you think? Taking it, taking that we're, we're a year away from um, the the Kevin Durant decision. Um, right now, do you think Kevin Durant choosing to go play for the Warriors is a good thing? Has has been a good thing for the NBA at this current juncture? Do you think it's made the other teams have to elevate what they do, or do you still think, as we all thought last year, that it's just a, a walk in the park for the Golden State Warriors. Uh let me start with
3: you, Joel. Well, it did it last year at least. That's how it felt and that's kind of what it was. Um but so far this year it's been there's been more parity. Uh like I said, it's been shocking like how how beatable a lot of these teams have been. No one seems to be super dominant. Um but again, it is early, and things could change. But as of right now, it's been really fun. So I've been <laughs> really excited to see everybody go at each other and not one real one team stick out like a sore thumb. And uh, I just like it. I like the way it's been looking. I like the way everything's, like, been handled. Um, teams, I mean, more. there have been some surprising teams. Obviously, there has been some disappointing teams. But the reality is the two top teams that we thought would just destroy and eat everybody at the top – have been fairly average. And, again, I'm not sure that that's going to stay like that, but as of right now, that's what they are. They're both kind of just there. And uh, maybe they're just on a hangover or whatever, but that's just how it is right now.
1: Yeah, absolutely. But, but I need you to answer that question, though. Do you think KD going to Golden State is a year out, over a year out, do you think it was – Do you think that decision at this juncture in time is good for the NBA or
3: still do you think it's bad for the NBA? At the time it was bad. Now it doesn't look as bad. It's hard to (laughs) say. Fair enough. I'll take that. I'll take that. (laughs) (laughs) It's Um, it's hard to make that decision right now. Um, I'm, I'm just putting you all on the spot.
2: I think it's I think it's great for the NBA. Uh reminds me of the second year of LeBron in Miami to where all teams were kind of like, "All right, how can we get in on this? Bringing superstars together." Remember the Nets trading away their entire future thinking mm-hmm. uh Joe Johnson, Lopez, Garnett and Pierce would, <laughs> would rival that? And Darren Williams, yep. Um, so, you know, it's yeah, yep. yeah, and Darren was – I'm sorry, I just completely forgot about him. Um, I don't so, blame you. Know, it's always <laughs> Everybody else <It's> did. Always, <laughs> why should
1: you be any different? <laughs>
2: exactly, right? It's always good for the league because uh, a lot of these teams that kind of, you know, just kind of just sit there, uh, the fan base is kind of demanding them to be at least more competitive. So you're just seeing teams this season more competitive. Uh, You know, a lot of the teams that are just typically going to be bad because they don't have the talent are just going to typically be bad. But a lot of these teams that were just like, it's an effort thing. Like, why aren't you being competitive? Why are you looking to tank every year? Um, We're we're seeing since they changed that whole aspect of tanking, right, exactly. But we've seen since they changed the aspect of tanking, uh, along with the fact that you just just don't want to be that losing team for, you know, for like six years trying to, uh, you know, piece something together. So a lot of these teams are looking to get something competitive on the court. Uh, I don't know if it's directly because of, of Durant going there because um, a lot of these power moves are made by trade, not necessarily uh, free agency. So it wasn't guys coming together. Uh, it was just more of teams like, I kind of want to get rid of this guy who doesn't want to be here. Um, but, yeah, I mean, you look at the way OKC is, is set up. You look at the way Boston had themselves set up. Um, you know, a lot of these other teams, yeah. It's directly because of Durant going there. And um, you could say that the league right now is a lot better. Now, whether or not those teams, those two teams end up where we inevitably think they might end up is to be seen. But right now, basketball has been very, very fun to watch. Uh, not that many blowouts, uh, although your Pacers did just blow out the Cavs. It um, has yeah, right, been a lot is. more fun to watch these games. Well, and here's
1: another thing that I find very interesting. Um, Of course, there are a few teams who just decided to utterly, completely rebuild. You got your Hawks. um, You got uh, Chicago. um, Maybe two or three other teams, Dallas. um, But a lot of these teams are trying trying to stay competitive and trying to put together rosters that can – play and win um indiana is an example of that as you just pointed out um you've got uh um, sacramento they haven't been playing very well but they have put together a team that they're trying to win and i find that really intriguing i think like you're you can put together a better team even if you don't have a star player who is great. Like, if you're if you're a mediocre team with a star player, you can be just as good of a team without that star player if you make the right additions. And I think, and I was saying this at the beginning of the season, and, you know, I understand you guys for saying, like, you're crazy, but that's what I saw with Indiana. I like the pieces that they put together. I really, really like them. And they've been doing a lot of this without Miles Turner, mind you. Um, who I think is probably, you know, their biggest piece um, that, you know, they've yet to unleash. So I, I, I think overall the KD move made a domino effect where the teams that were contenders got better. The teams that were um, not really contenders uh, made moves to stay in that playoff race and you have fewer teams at the bottom who are just utterly crap. Because um, there were a lot even last year and even more the year before. And you don't really have that many this year. I mean, hell, even like Brooklyn, I think they're, you know, three and five. They they don't have a great record, but they're playing really well. Um, so you have a lot of teams that are playing really well. And I think you can kind of all track that back to that KD decision. I, it's just very interesting to me. But – Yeah. Nevertheless. Oh, no, go ahead. Oh, go Go ahead. ahead. No, no, no. Go ahead, Juan.
2: I was just going to say, I was watching uh, NBA TV had a thing to where all the owners were doing like a sit down and all talking to each other. And one thing I noticed was a lot of these owners weren't looking Golden State's owner like in the face when he was talking. They were all kind of looking down or looking at each other. So, you know, I bring that up to say that a lot of these owners that were close but not there with Golden State, because of that Durant move, they're like, all right, we got to do something. I'm sick of these guys winning every year for, like, the past, what is it? Uh, Well, they didn't win uh, uh, the year before, but being in the finals over my team, um, you know, they're kind of getting sick of it. Like, Joel's sick of there not being uh, any parity. I think the owners (laughs) are are right there with you, Joel. So you can tell by some of the moves that we would have never thought could happen that have happened this year. Uh, for a lot of these teams, and like you said before, even with the Nets, yeah, uh, there's some, yeah, Uh, even with the Nets, they're just more competitive. Like, you don't watch that and go, oh, the Nets are going to get blown out by 90 today. They're kind of playing more competitive. It's somewhat fun to watch. Um, So, you know, it it, it is a good thing for the league, especially if in the next three to four years, we've had uh, different teams in the finals.
1: Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and and I think Honestly, when it all comes down to it, that's what we all want, no matter, like, how it happens. Um, but let's transition, because I really want to kind of break this down, and we, we kind of got a smooth transition here. Is parity making a comeback? Um, we've got teams that look like they can compete with the Warriors. Um, we've got teams that are, are playing on that second tier, if you will, um, who are, you know, com- competing for those those playoff spots. And then we've got a few teams there at the bottom, you know, who are just we know aren't going to play well. Um, but, you know, they're young, they're fun to watch. Um, do you think parity is making a comeback in the NBA? Uh, let me start with you on this, Joel.
3: Uh, currently it is. I mean, based on what we've seen so far this year and all the teams, playing the way they've been playing, and like I said, the top is not as uh, lopsided as, as we thought it would be. Uh, yeah, it kind of looks like there's more parity in the league, and that's kind of exactly how I like it, because uh, I like to see <laughs> some type of competition, and I don't really – I hate when it's dragged down by just, two, like, two teams, <laughs> like, the whole year. And it's, like, it's not very exciting when you know exactly what's going to happen at the end. And it's, like, I kind of want to see a, a more competitive, uh, like, playoff. Oh, And it's just, uh, it seems like we might get that this year. Then now it's still early, and, again, things can change. But I, I, I do like what I see so far. And, yeah, Parity, it looks like it might be returning. At least I hope it stays that way. <laughs>
1: yeah, me too. Uh, Juwan, what do you think about it? Do you think Parity is, you know, making a comeback in the NBA? Um, or do you think it's just, you know, kind of all a, um, uh, a a falsehood?
2: I don't know if I could definitively say it's making a comeback only because I feel, I feel, this is not factual, this is just my opinion. I feel as though it's Um, one-sided. As horrible as the Cavs have played thus far um, in the season, I still can't definitively say in a playoff series any of these guys in the East could beat them in seven. Now, I think some of these guys might possibly take them, six or seven, but beat them in seven. I don't know if I could definitively say that I could about the West. I absolutely could. Um, I, Nick, it's no surprise me and you have, have lobbied for OKC in the finals. So, I mean, uh, we're not going to walk right. away from that now, especially because they're playing so well defensively, which you need to do
3: Hell, uh, yeah.
2: when you go up against the, the Golden State Warriors. But there's no one in the East I could definitively say can beat LeBron in seven games. so until I can I can get to that point. I don't know if parity is is completely there yet, but it's getting there. I think next year um, will definitely be a year that you kind of go. I don't think it's as clear cut as it as it has been for LeBron in the past eight years or seven years, however many years it's been, or Golden State in the past four or five years. So I think next year will definitively be. Um, you know, the year to where, especially all these, you know, uh, news stations and TV shows kind of go, I don't know if I have Cleveland in the finals. I don't know if it's that easy for the Warriors. Um, but this year, like I said, I don't know if there's anyone in the East I can definitively say will beat LeBron in seven games.
1: Yeah, no, I feel you on that. I mean, it, it's really tough to say, and especially because, you know, we don't even have Isaiah Thomas yet, so we don't even know what this team's really going to look like. Um, like, I mean, what I mean to say is, yes, they've been struggling, but when they get Isaiah Thomas, that's just going to give them a whole other offensive dynamic that is probably going to help them most through the East. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. But I will pose this. I think if Giannis keeps up the tear, Middleton gets his game right, and Parker comes back and stays healthy and plays well. I think the Bucks could potentially beat them. Call me crazy, but I really do think you could, we could be seeing a season of the changing of the guards. And here's why. LeBron's like 32, 33 years old. He is well past the point of which an average individual starts losing a step. Now LeBron ain't lost a step yet, and I'm not saying he's going to do it this year, but he could. Everybody does at some point. Father Time is undefeated, so it could happen this year. And Giannis is young, he is athletic, he is everything you want in a player in the NBA, especially the new NBA. Um, I I do think if everything lines up right, Milwaukee could be that team. I don't I don't give any credence to Boston because Hayward went down. Um, I, I think they'll still be competitive. I just don't give them a chance. And even with Hayward, I don't know if I'd give them a chance. Um, they just don't, they don't have a player like Giannis. So it's, it's just hard for me to give them a chance. Um, I don't really give Washington a chance either. Again, John Wall is Giannis. You need that, that one guy um, who is just, Heads and tails above everybody else. Um, and the Bucks have it, and I think they could. I do think Parody is making a comeback because of that and because of what OKC has done, because of what Minnesota has done. And, man, I look forward to seeing OKC and Minnesota play each other, what, two more times this season? More? more? I mean, they're in the same division, so they're going to at least more two more times.
3: So that's two more, yeah. Two four more.
1: times? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Two, oh, two more yeah, times. Yeah, four
3: times. Cuz both
1: those yeah, both those games were terrific. Um and I mean, I still I still can't get over that bank from Wiggins. Like that that was bullshit.
2: <laughs>
1: um especially so, I mean, Melo during that three, but uh, go ahead.
2: I want to ask I want to ask you Angelo. Can you definitively with Milwaukee cuz I mean that's the only team uh, it sounds like you were taking serious in the east nick um,
1: yeah as far as a, a can it you could
2: beat cleveland right right i'm not arguing that right. i i i definitely understand your point on that can you definitively say you could see that team um, beating the cavs in 7 or even yeah. going 7
1: no i could see them beating the cavs in 7 I mean, I'm not saying it will happen. I just see it happening. I get you. You know what I mean? Like, like yeah. Like, I mean, it, I mean, all the stars would have to align. Like, I mean, Middleton's got to step his game up. Parker would have to come back and be playing great. Von Maker's got to step up because he's their starter, and he ain't playing great at all. Not tonight um, he
3: wasn't.
1: <laughs> yeah. I mean, he just hasn't been, like, he. he's better than what he's been playing. Like, he needs to play better. He showed – birth of it last season he needs to play better. Um and Brogdon's a great player and you still you know, you still got the uh, potential of them landing Eric Bledsoe. So I mean with all of those chips in the pot Possibly? like I, I, I um, think it's I think there's some potential there. And I and honestly, the way the Bledsoe thing is going, I, I you know, I'm not sure I don't think they're gonna have to give up Brogdon to get him. Now I'm not saying they'll be the team to get him. I'm just saying, if they do get him, I don't think they're going to have to give up Brogdon.
2: Uh, yeah, no, I, I don't, I don't think they'll do that. Uh, Joel, do you, do you see the Bucks beating the Cavs in seven?
0: Wait,
1: wait, let's hold on. I didn't say I see them beating the Cavs in seven. I said oh, I'm no, no, see no, 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 no.
2: Yeah, 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 yeah. No, 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 I wasn't putting words in your mouth. I was just asking, Joel, could, could he see, uh, the, the Bucks, uh, beating them in seven? I wasn't putting words in your mouth.
1: No, you said. Do you um, see them beating him in seven? Oh, do so, you but, see them? Okay.
2: Yeah, yeah, but no, I still wasn't. I still wasn't putting words in your mouth. I was. I I phrased it wrong, but I wasn't saying you said that.
3: Um, All right,
2: Joel. I,
3: I I will say no, not yet. Uh, I don't think until I see LeBron lose in seven, and it's been a long time uh, in, the, in the Eastern <laughs> Conference that I've seen him lose in seven. Uh, gotta I, I have to say time. anybody. It's gonna eventually and maybe it's this <laughs> year. But as of right now, no. And I will say that they're very beatable right now in the regular season and they like they lost like what five in a row it feels like. <laughs> um, but I don't think in a playoff series when things start changing and they get Isaiah Thomas back at that point well not that point, but before that and things maybe start gelling. I mean they have a good team, so I figured it's going to be tough to take him out in seven. So I'm going to say no. On a play. Until I see it, I don't see any Eastern Conference team taking out LeBron in seven until it, until it does, until
1: they do. <laughs> yeah, and that's fair. Like, I mean, I, I ain't, like, fighting either one of you on that. Um, I just think it's a, it's a possibility is all I'm saying.
3: Yeah.
1: Um, yeah. So let's move on. Um, wanted to talk about the shortened off season man um we've seen we've we've been told this whole time about all the pros of it less back-to-backs um uh, like a a longer season no no more um you know four games in, in, in five days all that jazz but from what we've seen thus far do you guys really think that this this um, longer season and a shorter off season has been a good or bad thing for the NBA. Um, let me start with you, Joel.
3: Um, it's good for us. I don't know if it's been good for every other <laughs> team. Um, so far, it's, 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 I liked what I've seen. And uh, I, I like the fact that I know the, the players are, are liking it because they get more rest, I believe. I think that was the whole point of the shortened preseason and the starting it early, so they have less back to back. Well, but here's the no thing, though. No three-game back-to-backs. Right, but here's the thing.
1: Like, I'm sorry, but, like, they don't necessarily get more rest. They just don't sit out games. So they don't – you know what I mean? Is. Like, they don't really get more rest. <laughs> right. But go ahead. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt you.
3: Right. I mean, that they did it for a reason. And, uh, I, again, it, it's helped – uh, our viewing pleasure, but I, I, I haven't had an issue with it. So far, I like it, and I'm more likely going to keep it this way. And, um, I'm not sure how, if, if there's a pattern, and that, that's the reason there a lot of these teams don't look as good as we expect, because they got a shorter training camp, and they went right into preseason, and a lot of these teams are using their regular season now as, an, as a preseason game, and it's possible that that's the reason, and that's what's going on, but uh, so far, I like it, so I'm not complaining.
1: Uh, I hear you. Juwan?
3: I like it.
2: Um, we know the NBA only did it to uh, make sure players would stopped sitting out. Um, but I-, I like it. I mean, honestly, most of these players are in shape because uh, they spend their offseason playing basketball. So it's not like these guys are getting fat and now they got to, you know, Slimmed down even quicker now because because the season starts earlier, so it's not like they drastically changed what they were doing beforehand. Um, I I I like what you've seen from from the idea of that. I feel as though the players are rewarding the idea of not having to play back to back um, showing that they're they're fresher. Uh, it's less wear and tear, um, and you're seeing really good things from a lot of players. Uh, and, and thank goodness you haven't seen any. Um, you know, uh, basketball. Well, I don't know how to really define basketball-related injuries, but nothing to where it's like, uh, you know, a player not being um, physically there is why. Like Hayward was injured because he landed wrong. Lynn was injured because he was because he landed wrong. Like it wasn't basketball related that got them injured or anything like that. So. Um, you know, it, it hasn't been like a wear and tear on these guys. All these guys look fresh. Uh, they're out here trying to drop 30 a night. So it, it's just been a lot more fun to watch because it's more competitive. Um, but like I said, the NBA didn't do it for us. They did it for them. Uh, but it, it didn't hurt. Damn right. right, right. No, and I think, that's a, I think that's a really good point to
1: make. Um, we benefit from it because we get a, a longer season of basketball. So that's all fine and good. Um, but the reason they did it was not to get players more rest. They did it to get players to play more games. Like, let's not, let's not pretend here that it, it, there was any other motive than to try to make players play more games. So that is what they wanted to achieve. Um, so that's why they did it. And by doing that, they shortened their offseason. Um, they shortened their preseason. Uh, I I gotta say I'm not really a big fan of it. I think I think you. I'm not gonna say you can draw a correlation between like the Hayward injury and the Lynn injury um, and the other slew of non-season inju- injuries that have been you know that have happened. Um, but nevertheless, uh, aside from the injury side of things, which again, like I'm just saying, you you, I I think it's. Utterly impossible to make a parallel between a shortened offseason and injuries in that regard. Um, I just, I don't, I don't think you can connect A to B like that. Um, but the, to me, again, the motive is what what frustrates me, um, and it was all done so that players wouldn't sit out when all you really needed needed to do, in my opinion, was make the schedule in which. Teams did not play uh, nationally televised games on back-to-backs. That's all you needed to do to begin with. You didn't have to tweak everything else. Um, and you wouldn't have had people sitting out for those nationally televised games because that's what they're concerned about. Um, I, just, I think they will keep it. Um, I do like that we get a little longer of an NBA season. Um, we get more to talk about because – God knows we ain't really talking that much about preseason uh, more summer league, if anything
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, but nevertheless man I, I i don't I don't like put it this way I don't like the characterization of it. The motive is not characterized in the way that it should be in my opinion, like Adam Silver should be blunt. we want our players play as many games as possible so we lengthen the season in order to get them to play more games not we lengthen the season in order for our players to have more rest and not get hurt no they had their rest they were just sitting out games and you didn't like it you want them to play more games so you made the season longer so you could give them less of an excuse to rest that that's it that's what it is in my opinion um well, do you? I mean, do you think I'm wrong in that opinion?
3: No, I just don't care. No, <laughs> just that's, just that's fair, hey, man. That's fair. <laughs> that's just, <laughs> yeah, I don't really have that strong a feeling about it. It, just, it works for both well, sides, so, so at least so far it, it is. So that's all that really matters.
1: It, I don't think, but see, I don't really think it works for both sides. I think it. I think it works for. The owners, and I think it works for the fans. I don't think it benefits the players. I don't think there's any benefit to the players whatsoever. Um, in fact, I think if anything, it's less beneficial to the players because they don't get as much time to prep. Um, like put it this way: if you're Batman and you got half the prep time that you normally had, maybe you can
2: be Dark Side. Just saying, uh, Jawan, mm. do you see the point that I'm making? No, yay, no, no, no. No, you don't get to start off with this and Batman like that. Batman mm-hmm. could have 15 seconds and still pull it off. So you know how I feel about oh, Batman. God uh God. Damn it. But now, why end... did
1: I go to you with a Batman? I don't know. That
2: was man. my fault. Uh, <laughs> 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 yeah, that was shame on you, man. You know I love Batman. Um, but to, to get back to NBA, I, I get your point. Uh, I don't think it was necessarily in the best interest of the players, but I don't think they're complaining either. Uh, I think the players are more so like Joel. I think uh, the biggest thing they were looking for was to not have to play back-to-back. The fact that they don't have to play back-to-back, they understand it was going to come at a cost.
1: No, they still play Uh, back-to-back, just not as many.
2: Yeah, not as many. They don't do those triple ones
1: anymore now.
2: Right, they don't have to play as many. Well, they haven't they done, they they, well, they done back-to-back-to-backs
1: yes. to back in a long time, they, but they were having to play yes. four, game, four games in five days. Four That's games what they were having to game, do, right. and they don't have to do um, that
2: anymore. Right, so right. they knew that would come at some kind of risk, and that risk being they decided to shorten preseason and extend the, the, the regular season. Uh, the, thi- the thing about shortening preseason, though, that I'm sure didn't really matter to the players Because I think basketball is possibly the only preseason that just doesn't matter. Uh, Because what do we pay attention to preseason for? To see guys who wouldn't uh, regularly get playing time play. Well, usually those Mm -hmm. guys who don't really get that much playing time go to the D-League anyway or just ride the bench. Um, So it it doesn't really tell you that much. Or the G-League now, yeah. So it doesn't really (laughs) tell you that much now. Um, so I don't think preseason is important to the NBA as it is some, uh, some other sports. So, like I said, I think, I think this is not me saying, this is not me speaking for them. I think the players understood that to eliminate, as you said, Nick, uh, four games and five nights, it would come at a risk. And that risk was now, uh, starting the season earlier than it usually would start. And I think that, I think they're fine with that medium.
1: Sure. Um, and And you know, I can agree with that um I just again it's it's put it this way it's not what you say, it's how you say it. That's the yeah. biggest thing about it to me um and I just don't like the way that it's being characterized. I just think like if if if, if it was just simply put like we extended the season so our players will play more games, good, fine. The fans benefit, blah 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 blah, um, but don't try to sell me on the fact that you extended the season for their health. You no, nah, you didn't do it for that. Um, that's just right. that's the biggest thing to me, I guess. Um, but anyway, I digress um, because both of you I mean, I can't I can't deny the majority of y'all's points. That you know that much is certain. Um, but let's move on. Um, will Eric Bledsoe ever be dealt? Like, when's that going to happen? <laughs> Juwan, is its it, is it going to happen? And, and to who? Like, what? Like what? This is – he's been sitting out for over a week now, and nothing has happened uh, other than Phoenix winning, like, three games finally. Um, yeah. But, like, yeah. but I mean, is it – what's going on with that? Like, I mean, it it doesn't make sense to me. Why would you – why would you say, we're done with him, we're moving him, and you don't even have a deal in place, and now you're scrambling to make a deal, and now you say you're not in any rush to make a deal? Um, fair well, enough, I guess. I mean, I guess you're not in any rush, but nevertheless, you know, you want to make a deal. Like, you, you need to make a deal. You need to get him out of there. You need to get something back. What are your thoughts, John?
2: Um, well, Phoenix, honestly, is possibly... I thought uh, the Knicks were the
3: stupidest
2: organization as far as handling um, uh, locker room issues. Suns definitely yeah. set a new, uh, a new standard. Um, mm-hmm. If you're the Suns and you don't want Bledsoe because of his tweet, do you know what you do when the media asks you? When the media goes, hey, you know, what did you think about that tweet where Bledsoe said he was at the hair salon? As management who does not want other teams thinking he is a problem or an issue, you laugh it off and go, yeah, you know, I sometimes am with my wife at the hair Salon, and I want to get the hell out of there quickly too. You do not feed into the media in further an issue you want people to think is a non-issue. A lot of teams still want Bledsoe. I'm not saying teams are backing off of Bledsoe because of the whole he doesn't want to be there. Uh, that'd be stupid. What I'm saying is, you do not want to hurt the trade value. A lot of teams, because they know he does not want to be there and he is not playing, aren't going to give you the farm to get him. They're just going to say, at some point, you're going to get tired of paying a guy who is not playing, and you'll give him to me. So you don't have anyone that's that's you know going to be desperate to make those Kyrie kind of trades or you know or anything like that. You're going to get more so of how the the Pacers got that that Paul George trade or how kind of the Knicks got that mellow trade. You're going to get more of trades like that, uh, that are definitely more one-sided uh, than, than anything. So if you're Phoenix, you handle this completely wrong. Um, you should have fired, uh, what was, was it Earl Watson or whatever his name was? You should have fired him last year. I, I didn't understand how you had him uh, coach a full season. I, I didn't get how he got that job. Um, but if you're Phoenix, you, you definitely need to start answering some of these calls. Get Bledsoe out now because uh, a lot of teams, like I said, they see what's going on. They know what's going on, and they're not going to jump the gun to make this trade, especially when Phoenix has said almost every day, we're in no rush. He's under contract. Yeah, well, so was Kyrie, but Cleveland was smart enough to understand how you didn't want that kind of issue leading into your NBA season. It was just best to get it done and over with now, uh, well, then, so you didn't have to worry about it. You knew Bledsoe didn't want to be there at the start of the season. The fact that you dragged your feet, he you had every right to, to be publicly upset about it. So you should have traded them then. So I, Phoenix is just really stupid on how they're handling this. And I don't see Bledsoe being traded until the, uh, the, around the trade deadline, honestly, because Phoenix is in no rush and people aren't going to give them uh, the farm to get them.
1: Right. And, well, and, and here's the thing. Like, there is no, no chance, in my opinion, that Denver would not, at preseason, at the time that Bledsoe said what he said and they decided, or now, there's no chance they would not give you Moutier and Fareed. There is no chance. They don't want Farid. Farid has no minutes on that team and Bledsoe is just exponentially better than Moodie. And if you you add those two contracts of um Farid and Moodie together, they almost equal Bledsoe exactly. So just do that trade. Just get Moodie. Like you you're not going to get Brogdon. You're not. Like the the Bucks are not going to give him up cuz if they would, they would have already done it. So just go ahead, bite the bullet, take Moutier, take Fareed, and call it a day. Like that, to me, that just makes so much sense. It's ridiculous that they haven't done it already. Joel, what are your thoughts on it?
3: I agree. Uh, I, I just – they didn't put themselves in a good position. <laughs> like like you can't do what they did and expect to get what they want because they want like fucking a pig and a young player – and a rotation player and don't get me wrong, Bletch mm-hmm. was a great player and he deserved to get compensated for a guy like that. But honestly, he's like he's not he's not playing now. He's uh you seem to not be in any type of rush. No one's in a rush to give you good good stuff for him. Um, as good as he is, he's twenty seven, he's not exactly a young player anymore. So it's like he... only certain teams are gonna give you certain things. And they're gonna either. Uh, the reason he hasn't been traded is because they're not getting what they want. They're not getting the offers they expect. I mean, they're 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 asking, but the teams are not willing to give up um, their future for this dude. And I don't blame them because <laughs> they don't need to. So at some point they're gonna have to crack. When is that? When that is, I don't know. Will it be trade deadline? Maybe maybe earlier. Um, I doubt it. He goes past that, but. Um, I don't know. I hope soon. I honestly just hope soon, so he can start, so he can play again, and another team can get better because that's just that's going to happen. Whoever gets him is just going to be a bit better now. So yeah, I just want that to happen, get out of the way, and Phoenix not being stupid. It's just I've heard a lot of things about you recently, and it's not, nothing's been good. <laughs> yeah, well, and and here's you know kind
1: of two other things. Bledsoe's not—he's 27, so yeah, he's not super young. Um, he's had health issues, so, you know, yeah. other teams are taking that into account. And then yep. also, because you benched him, you decided to just sit him on the sidelines until you can figure out what you're going to do without knowing any recourse of what you're going to do. your team has been winning without him. So what does that say yeah. about your trade asset? Like, exactly. th- they've just handled the situation wrong at every Point in in the situation, like I don't know. I it's utterly frustrating, and if I was a Phoenix Suns fan, I would be pissed. I would just be like, "Come on, dude!" Like, and and again, I really do think that I I think what it boils down to is the Suns maybe just don't want Moutier. Like they would make the trade for Murray. And and, mm-hmm. and Fareed, which I I threw out there at the beginning of the season because I thought at the beginning of the season it would have made more sense. But now that you've just plummeted the trade value, the, the, you're only going to get someone like Moutier, who is yeah, almost but... coming up on his on his contract extension, and you know they don't want Fareed. I mean. It, I think – but I feel like Denver would be willing to make that offer, and I feel like if you're Phoenix at this point, you need to take that offer. Juwan, I'm sorry, you were saying –
2: No, 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 no. I'm sorry. I was cutting you off. I apologize. Uh, No worries. Where Phoenix Phoenix is lacking at is that they're not from a a standpoint of um, of they don't have an advantage here. Yeah, they don't have any leverage or an advantage. I mean, the reason why uh, Cavs were able to get a deal – Um, that kind of got them, you know, around the same uh, value for Kyrie is because, one, Kyrie's young and how skilled he Mm -hmm. is. Like, there was no way anyone was going to say, nah, I don't want to give you Isaiah Thomas for Kyrie. Uh, No, yes, absolutely, I'll give you for two reasons. One, he's younger and possibly a better player. And two, um, you know, uh, the the health issues, and I didn't want to pay him. I'm not paying Isaiah Thomas. So, I mean, if if you're Phoenix, you have to look at it from so many different ways. You don't want to keep him. He doesn't want to play there anymore. But these are all things that were known before the season started. So this could have been handled before the season started so none of this stuff got out. Phoenix is just dumb on how they handled it. And honestly, it wasn't made a big deal when he tweeted that because not a lot of people connected the dots, uh, you know, that, that easily that tweet could have literally meant anything. It wasn't until the owner was asked about it, or the GM, I don't remember who, and he then confirmed what everyone started at some point to piece together, which was uh, maybe he doesn't want to be here in Phoenix. As the owner, you mm-hmm. cannot devalue a trade asset. That is what the Knicks did with Melo. That is why the Knicks didn't get much back from Melo. There was a point to where team, all teams knew Knicks had to get rid of Melo. There was no way the season could start with Melo still being there. So then the Knicks got, you know, it got more and more desperate to where it's just like, we got to just get rid of them. Um, So, I mean, teams going forward have to be more smart about how they handle situations and and star players like that. Um, If they want to go, let them go. Handle it, you know, within uh, within the team. Don't let it get out. Let people just be shocked uh, once it happens. Then you can answer those questions. But the distraction is over. And you've you've gotten your value for that player. But when you handle it the way that they are handling this and New York handled mellow, is you're always gonna get the short end of the stick. So I, I do believe that whatever trade they end up getting will be the short end of the uh of the stick. Yeah, absolutely. And let me just pose this
1: to you guys. There was a rumor and obviously it's just a rumor, um, but there was a rumor that the Cavs were offering Kyrie Irving for Eric Bledsoe and Josh Jackson. At, at mm-hmm. this point of of where, you know, Phoenix is, do you think they were stupid for turning down that trade if that trade was actually on the table? Um, Joel?
3: No.
2: Oh, sorry. Sorry. Go ahead, Joel. Well,
3: um, they would have gotten Kyrie for Eric Bledsoe and Josh Jackson? Is that yeah. what the rumor was? Yeah. Yeah, that that was a that's a gimme. If Phoenix said no to that. <laughs> I figure Phoenix was offering that. I mean that's a good <laughs> offer. Um well, yeah, no, that that if they said no, if Phoenix was the one that said no, then I would say that was stupid. <laughs> on their part, you know. What does I, mean? Man,
1: and honestly, at the time I said I see why Phoenix didn't do that. Um, but now I'm second-guessing myself. But, Jawan, you seem to be
2: on the opposite side of that. Why do you think that? Uh, For only one reason and one reason only. Kyrie would have never committed to Phoenix, ever. So now you would have been out. Bledsoe, your newest rookie, and Kyrie. I know he had one more year. I'm talking talking long-term. So long-term, I mean, so you would have ended back in the same spot you were trying to get out of by getting Kyrie which is start to bring Phoenix out of mediocrity and into an, an actual, uh, whoa, you know, whoa, good team. Whoa,
1: whoa, team. whoa, 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 whoa. Phoenix is not mediocrity. Phoenix is god-awful. Let's just be honest. Okay, sorry. Like, God Kyrie would have no, lifted saying... them to mediocrity, which is what you're saying okay. that that yes. would have...
0: Yes.
1: Right, yeah. They, they... Right. Kyrie okay. would have been sorry. comfortable yeah. with mediocrity and would have left, right?
2: Right, right. So, I mean, if, if you're if you're Phoenix... Josh Jackson uh being your rookie. Uh Bledsoe didn't want to be there, so I'd be more uh interested in doing maybe Bledsoe and Chandler <laughs> for Kyrie. Well, still, but not my God future. Got him right, of course. <laughs> <laughs> but not my future. So I mean i well, my... Kyrie Go ahead, I'm sorry. Uh well, I was just
1: gonna say this. Here's my thing. If you get a team of Kyrie, Booker, T J Warren, Marquise Chris and Tyson Chandler, like that's a team that can compete. That's a team that can really play. Um, and then, you know, you got uh you got uh Uless and James coming off the bench, um, you've got um what what uh Jared Dudley, you've got uh Dragon Bender, uh Alan Williams, uh you know, that's a, that's a team with some depth and a team that could compete, you could start to kind of build that team around Kyrie Irving. You got two years, so you get another draft pick. You got the Miami Heat draft pick coming up Um, next year. I mean, I don't know. I think maybe you do make that trade. Maybe you just just say, fuck it. Like, let's see what happens. Let's get us a star. And not to mention, you're going to sell tickets. Gonna make money, and you know what? You can always get another draft pick. Mm -hmm. Like I love draft picks, probably more than both of you guys do. But you can always Mm -hmm. get another draft pick.
2: So let me ask you this: Let's let's say let's say everything you're saying is correct. You you know you try to build around them. It's the West, so they're definitely not making the playoffs. Um, I maybe maybe. I mean, I don't think
1: they would. I don't. No, 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 no. I don't think they would, but if you were to tell me you have a team of Kyrie, Booker, T.J. Warren, who's mm. a little underrated, he's a pretty good player, uh, and then you got Chris, who again is a pretty underrated player, and you got uh, uh, Tyson Chandler. If they're all playing up to their potential, like you could fight for an eighth seed. I mean, you would have to have some help along the way. I ain't no doubt Question. about that. But Question. It, it that happen. team. It could
2: happen. That team. That team with Kyrie is it better than the Pelicans? Probably. I uh, see. I don't know if I could commit to that idea.
1: I don't. Man, know. I mean, it, it, just, I mean idea. it just. I mean, it just. It just depends, <laughs> man. I mean, again, it just depends. Like, <laughs>
0: Look, uh, several asked, things. He's one,
1: one. Wait, 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 wait. Hold on. One. Drew Holiday is injury prone. Anthony Davis injury prone. They don't have a quality small forward. They don't really have a quality shooting guard. They're playing Drew Holiday at shooting guard when they get Rondo back, who's injured now. So like, yeah, yeah, I mean, if if you're telling me the Pelicans are fully healthy and are going to be healthy the whole season, sure. Like Pelicans have more talent on the team, but, and again, I'm still not convinced, no matter what the numbers you see each night that, you know, DeMarcus and, and AD put up, but do they really meld together? I don't know. I mean, I still feel like the verdict is
2: out on that. Well, I, I, I've been watching Pelican games not to get too far off track, and honestly, they, pe- they play better when the other is on the bench. Um, right. But that's possibly spacing issues and stuff like that. But if you're the Pelicans, you I... definitely have to look at that.
1: Yeah, I don't I don't I don't honestly I don't necessarily think it's spacing issues. I just think th- they're I I honestly I don't really know what it is because they both can spread the floor. So I don't necessarily think it's it's spacing I, but I do know what you're saying and I don't know if it's just the fact that they are so both so kind of ball dominant but AD's not really that ball dominant. Not like DeMarcus Cousins. No, he's but, not. Um He's not, but the only issue is... And DeMarcus Cousins has been... He's been playing... He's been less ball dominant this season. Like, the way he's been passing the ball, the way um, they've been utilizing him at the top of the key, I think they need to do that more. Um, But when they do that, it's been relatively effective. Um, But, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. What do you think? Like, if not spacing, what do you think has been their issue?
2: I I think it's because, well, depth, as as Joel just said, and also if you watch them a lot, when either of them get the ball, they for some reason, instead of possibly dribbling and creating space for a shot, they'd rather get their back to the basket. So that's what I meant by spacing because DeMarcus and or AD don't, when when one has the ball, the other doesn't run to the three-point line. You know, they both kind of hug around each other to, to get the rebound. So you got two guys who are kind of sagging in the paint uh, offensively. So it's just kind of like, all right, well, we don't have shooters. So I can't kick it out to, <laughs> to somebody. I kind of need you to go out to the three. So, I mean, it's kind of the issue of they both kind of do the same thing. You just have one that's kind of more athletic than the other, but they kind of do the same exact thing. That's why their numbers usually mirror each other. That's why I said it. That's why I started with um, they played better. Uh, you know, when the others on the bench, and if you're the Pelicans, you have to see that. <laughs> you have to see that, and at some point, you're kind of gonna have to go. All right, well, listen, he's open if you want him <laughs> with Demarcus Cousins. Hey, uh, let me let me start throw this out with there. Now. Let me
1: let me just throw this out there, and I know like this just came to me, and I know it's a little crazy, but you got you got the Pelicans right. They got two players. Who, who play better when they're the other's off the court. The Houston Rockets also have two players who play better when the other's off the court. Trade Chris Ball for DeMarcus Cousins. That's the most even trade <laughs> anybody can come up oh, with. Oh, man. They're, both the they're Wait, wait, wait. Hold on, hold on. They're both expiring contracts, so you're not really giving up uh, any sort of future from it, right? Right? Okay. guys? okay
3: yeah i'm 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 with you.
1: are you with me like i I think that would be
3: uh
1: I think that would be a really interesting I mean obviously we're not gonna see it because um, Chris Paul's been injured, so we haven't really got to see him and James Harden work together, but in the small sample size that we got, it was the same thing with them. They played better when they weren't playing together and we've obviously seen a large enough sample size to be able to tell that from the Pelicans, I mean, I I think that would make a lot of sense. More sense for the Rockets because they would probably have a better chance of re-signing Cousins. But I think if you put Chris Paul on the Pelicans and you had Chris Paul, Drew Holiday. Anthony Davis, and maybe, wait, let me just, let me throw this out there. Maybe you throw in uh, Clint Capella because he he's, his contract is coming up for an extension, and then maybe you get something back in exchange for him uh, if you're Houston. So maybe that way you can get a center to fill that void. It'd be a different kind of center, but you can get a center to fill that void and then, Maybe you get some draft consideration going back to Houston.
2: I'll say this, and I could be comp- Oh my god, um, I could be completely wrong. Uh, if you're, if you're um, the Pelican, something that could be a huge possibility is Chris Paul making you uh, trade him again, or possibly figure out some way to either buy him out or release him. I do not see Chris Paul wanting to play with that team, even though he has Anthony Davis, who could be one of the best players in the league if healthy, I don't see how Chris Paul does not put up a fit every night having to play with uh, the Pelicans. I don't know, man. I, I just I, don't Put see. it this
1: way. Put it this way. If you, had, if you had Chris Paul, Drew Holiday, Anthony Davis, and Clint Capella, that's a damn good – that's a foundation. Like, And not to mention, here's the other thing. Let me throw this out there. Um, Chris Paul can say all he wants about, you know, he'll walk, yada, 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 whatever. The reason that he did what he did with the Clippers was so he could get traded. Um, that If if they had called his bluff, he would not have walked because he could not have gotten that money. He could not have gotten the, the room for the extension because um, that's what he wants. He wants that extension till he's 38 years old, which he fought hard for um, when he was with, because he's the head of the players' union. Like, I think you could put him in that bind. I think he would sign that contract. I think he might sign that contract and demand a trade, but you would still get that value back for him.
2: I only Joel, Joel, go ahead and tell me I'm crazy. Ahead, ahead. Wait,
1: wait, let's let Joel tell me I'm crazy. Tell me I'm crazy, Joel.
3: I just want them to get traded so you guys could sleep at night. At this point, just <laughs>
1: hey man, just, it ain't it ain't about sleeping. I just shit. I just
3: <laughs> came up with this thing. I, I just I don't I I don't think they have a problem with each other. I think they're perfectly fine playing with each other. I think it's just there's just a, such a significant drop off in talent after Drew Holiday. It's fucking ridiculous, and that's the reason they're just not that good. <laughs> it's just it's a three man team. It's tough to do that with three C with three dudes. Um, really it is, it is it's probably team. inevitable. Two and a half man team. Yeah, it's real, it, it is too. Imagine this. Uh, I'm just giving Joe Holiday some props, but it really is just, <laughs> Yeah, you know, all right, dude. all right. Um, but it is It's sad, and that's what it is. That's what it really comes down to. And it's not gonna last together. They're not gonna last together because of that. So this nice experience, I mean, uh, experiment, was only gonna last for like this maybe, like, the rest of the this half a season, and then they'll probably get traded for nothing because unless they get some type of compensation, and then who knows what they're going to get back. And I like, I like the trade that you came up with, again, with the Wizards and uh, trading DeMarcus to Washington oh, yeah. Porter. I thought that was a pretty decent trade. Uh, I don't think Houston's going to trade Chris Paul yet because they barely, barely played. So, I mean, are you going to trade someone... I mean, I think they like him more than you do, obviously, at this point in Houston. Right. <laughs> but um, Yeah,
1: no, I think that's um, fair to say.
3: <laughs> but, um, yeah, I mean, I guess it's going to happen eventually. And we'll see where the event, he ends up going. But as of right now, I do like seeing them play together. They are a fun team to watch when they're on the floor, after yeah. that, that things get fucking messy.
2: I, w- I won't argue that at all but I think if you're the Pelicans if you want to if you, if you're thinking about uh the, the future the best thing to do would be to trade DeMarcus and just surround AD with shooters I mean that that would be the best logical tried. thing for that team <laughs> they they did try they did try uh you just gotta yeah but no one could they help. You. uh because yeah that's yeah, very true. That's true but the answer the answer to that not working, uh, e- even if it wasn't a health issue, the idea of it not working, you can't answer it by, by giving him a player that's identical to him uh, because that, that's, that just was never going to work. <laughs> I mean, you saw that in small samples last year, and then you're seeing it fully, full, fully fledged this year that they just do too many of the same things. It's just really not going to work. It's not going to well,
1: work. Well, I, I will give – I'll split the difference because I do think Joel has a good point in that they don't have the people around them to make it work. And I don't think mm-hmm. – and that's, here's, here's my thing with New Orleans. They don't make smart decisions. They sign people like Omer Asik to, you know, 10, 11, 12 million dollar contracts. They sign people like Solomon Hill to 11 million dollar contracts. They sign people like one Moore to eight nine million dollar contracts. They overpay Drew Holiday exponentially. I get it. Like he's your hometown guy. Mm. You want to pay him. You don't pay him that much. No one else is going to pay him anything close to that. Don't don't do don't make an Alan Williams decision. And I know both of y'all get that reference. Um like oh, or at least I know Joel gets that <laughs> reference. Um but but like they don't make smart decisions. And I don't think Rondo was really another smart decision. Um, you, you're given another guy who can pass the ball, but can't shoot. Maybe it'll work. Mm-hmm. Maybe I just don't see it on paper and maybe it'll work on the court. I don't know. But I, I see but that as
3: less I of a, as a working than – like Drew Holiday and, and Rondo is harder for me to see working all the time uh, than uh, Davis and Cousins. Because obviously statistically – it's not stopping them from doing what they gotta do. Problem is the rest of the team can't play on their level. <laughs> they just can't. Right.
1: Right. Well, and that's the thing, like, if you were gonna sign somebody this offseason, like, sign somebody who can play the three. Sign anybody who can play the three. Tony Allen can't play the three. Like and he can't shoot. Yeah. So regardless of whether yeah. he can play the three or not, you need someone who can play the three and who can shoot. Like, why didn't you? May you may have to retire. <laughs> right? Why didn't you like just just like throw out everybody else, resign Drew Holiday, and go after like PJ Tucker? Like there there's there were yeah. several threes who were available, CJ Miles, um, who who, who would have fit the, them so well, and they didn't get any of them. Yeah. And
3: that, that was it, a loyalty just, contract. That's what that no, was. and I get because that. Because I think they should have totally let him
1: that. walk, honestly. No, I don't necessarily think they should have let him walk. I just think they should should have paid him what he was worth. Um, but the thing is, again, yeah. you already have over $30 million doled out to each one more, Solomon Hill, and Omer Asik. And if you add in mm-hmm. Alexia Jinka... Oh uh you've already got like thirty five plus million dollars. So like they just they, they signed bad deals. They they they've done that for the past like five years and they mm-hmm. can't get out from underneath it. And that is the trouble with them. Um and so I think if you did have the flexibility to bring in the right kind of talent to work with A D and Cousins it could work but they don't have that flexibility and they don't have the wherewithal and really honestly the smarts to make things work. They don't have I don't know who their GM is and I don't like to dog anybody. Well I don't I don't mind doing it either, but <laughs> let's just say I don't you know. Um but nevertheless, like he's he's certainly no Maury. He's certainly no um Uh, you know, what's-his-name with OKC. Like, the dude's just not that good. Like, he ain't making moves that is making his team better. And that's just the way it is. So I'm going to split the difference with you guys. I think that could work, but it's not going to work because of the situation that they're in. I agree with that.
3: I
2: I will say really quickly, uh, one thing I am tiring of, is these rookies that that pledge their allegiance to these franchises that could care less about them? <laughs> right. I want to see more. I want to see more of these rookies move on, man. Like I, I, I hate seeing AD waste his years. I hated seeing Demarcus waste his years. I kind of just want to see these rookies be in a winning environment, so they're not just so used to losing for year after year after year. Like Devin Booker is well, no know... too talented to be in Phoenix. I'm sorry, he and just you, is. And.
1: You... Well, and here's the thing, like, because you, as a rookie, um, a talented rookie, usually sign a four-year deal. Um, And then after your four-year deal, you enter restricted free agency. However, um, you have what's called a qualifying offer. Now, if you Mm -hmm. um, manage to negotiate that qualifying offer and get the team and the player to agree to the qualifying offer – um, the player plays for a lot less money than he would have made otherwise, but he becomes an unrestricted free agent after five years. That is exactly what Nerlens Noel just did with the Dallas Mavericks. I think it will mm-hmm. be interesting to see if more players do that because they value their mobility more than they value, you know, 10 more, maybe 15 more million dollars for one season. Um, because they're going to make that regardless the next season. Um, so I think that'll be an interesting thing to to follow, Jawan. I, I think you might see, especially because um, rookies are making so much more money than they used to. Like I think Lonzo is making seven, $8 million a year um, this year. So because they're making more money than they used to, I think you might see something like that happen with, rookies who are not happy with their teams, or at least not happy with the offers that their teams make them. Um, that was more the case with Nerlens Noel. But if you have a rookie who's not happy with his team, you could see somebody, you could see them make the same kind of move. Um, but yeah, it'll be interesting to see. So we went on a whole fucking tangent there. Um, so let's, let's bring time it back we bring in. bring
3: up the fucking Pelicans.
1: I know it always goes back to the delegates um let's talk about uh speaking of like teams with rookie contracts of players who are pissed off uh let's talk about J- Joe Hill Okafor. before um is, are, 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 yeah are, are, are philly gonna are they gonna be able to move him um are they gonna cut him uh i i don't I don't think there's any chance that they buy him out. I I just feel like that is ridiculous. That's just nonsense, at least at this point. Because to me, you don't buy somebody out who you have a, a team option on at the end of this season, right? <laughs> it didn't make but, any sense to buy him out. Like, So I don't think that's going to happen at all. They could just not pick up his option next season and let him hit free agency. Why would you buy him out? The only way you would buy him out is if – you could stand to gain something uh, in cap space because you think you're going to make a move, but you would have to have that move lined up before you wanted to buy him out. Anyway, um, I mean, who would want him? Does Boston want him? Does, I mean, is there anybody out there who really wants Jaleel Oak before uh, Jawan? Is there anybody?
2: Um, honestly, I think he could do good things for Phoenix. Uh, not great things. I think his potential of possibly being up there in the conversation of uh, a potential great player has definitely diminished. I think he could be really so good for y- Phoenix. So you got
1: new Eric Bledsoe trade, then, right?
2: Absolutely, and I think the guy. <laughs> I, I mean, hey, is, man, is, I just like I just feel like that's a that's there it is. <laughs> I trade Jared Bailey no.
3: and, and that dude for Eric Bledsoe. Done deal. We'll throw in a second round <laughs> They rounder. definitely wouldn't take that. They definitely wouldn't Hell take no. that. But
2: honestly, if, if <laughs> I'm if I'm silly, I'm looking at the issues I'm having with faults early on, and I'm thinking mm-hmm. to myself, hmm. If I could get Eric Bledsoe and get out of this fault situation and get out of Jahlil Okafor, I think that's about like about about. I look at. You, you want to straight both? Cool? Absolutely. Absolutely. No, you were
1: crazy, bro. You just for you just show? traded yeah.
2: you just traded
1: two early first rounders for him. Ain't no chance I would do that. You were crazy. And that's, that's wait, 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 as wait, as wait, wait wait for wait 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 wait. Hold on one second, one second, one second. And that is tonight's hot take. Take the floor, Joe. <laughs> that's a hot take.
2: <laughs> No, honestly, I mean, that, that's something Philly is, is known for doing, is, is drafting high and then kind of either wasting the talent and the talent leaves or trading off the talent. But if you're looking at Fultz, if you're honestly going to look at it, because think about this, you don't necessarily uh, need a point guard that's good at passing because Simmons is your point forward. Uh, and then you don't need someone who's necessarily going to be a, a, a scorer every night because that's what Embiid is there to do. You need someone that complements both uh, Simmons and Embiid. And the fact that we said Bledsoe has other intangibles than just scoring—he plays really good defense. The Philadelphia Sixers need that, especially because Redick plays no defense. Um, Simmons is, is a pretty good uh, he defender. Uh, he no, he tries. When yeah, I say he doesn't Redick. play any defense, I don't mean—I yeah, don't I, mean like. The idea of defense is something he doesn't do. I just mean he's not no, good
1: he, at it. I get it. You mean he's white? That's <laughs> all right. <laughs> you can say it. Uh-huh. Go ahead. He, I mean, he and uh, TJ McConnell—they can't help it, bro. It's like
3: <laughs> it's just what they are. I like TJ McConnell. It's
2: no um. It, like I said, it's yeah, but no he's the same him. way. I mean, he's, he tries real hard, but he's just. I mean, he's white. Yeah. He really play he's defense. someone. He's someone that puts his all into offense, and that's why he's an, an offensive threat. He's he's never been known as a two-way player. So, I mean, I, it's no knock against him, yeah, but it's just that. He's scrappy, so, I mean, He's scrappy. No, he is very scrappy. He's He reminds – well, no, I was going to say he reminds me of Berea, but Berea's way scrappier. Um, yeah. I, I, only reason I I mm-hmm. say I do that is because I do not think Fultz compliments him well enough. We haven't seen him enough for me to even make a wild accusation like that I just was I didn't think when they drafted him he was someone they should have drafted. Um, I, I think with Embiid being the, the huge numbers guy that he can be and Simmons being that walking triple double that he can be, you just need a point guard who can play defense and compliment the guys. Like if Embiid has the kick out, you just need to be that guy that can knock the shot down and Blake can Eric be that Bledo. guy. He can he can <laughs> Not- complement – no no, I'm just saying he can compliment <laughs> them because he does more than just score. If I had to ask you right now, what is if, if Fultz was having an off night, right? Like he wasn't he wasn't hitting the, the bottom of the uh, the basket, what else does Fultz bring to that team if he's not scoring is what I'm asking. I mean he's so young though, it's it's impossible to
3: say. Yeah. I mean he is a, I mean, technically I, a point guard. I mean I'm assuming he can no, pass he, the ball a little bit, right? <laughs>
2: but have we seen he that in his like college six, days six, or seven was
3: this in college? He yeah, did, I mean, but I mean, we haven't seen
2: much of anything. Yeah. I agree. That's why I said uh, it's a wild, it's a wild accusation. Well, but if, if you ask me, would I do that I think trade? I, I, um, I think, honestly, I, I, think
1: if, if, I think if anything, if that trade were to go down, um, Binks would have to include both of the Miami picks, both 2018 and 2021. And even still, I wouldn't take the trade if I was, if
2: I was Philly. I just do, That's well, crazy. even if they don't, the original question you asked me is where could I see Jalil Okifer go, uh, where and, I think he'd be good at? I
1: actually think he'd be good
2: I in Philly. I mean,
1: in Phoenix. Yeah. No, and I think that, that could I definitely work. I mean, I think Phoenix has enough picks to where they can make that happen. I'm sorry, I think uh, Philly has enough picks to where I can see that they can make right. that happen. Um, Joel, uh, I mean, where do, you, where do you think he fits? Um Other than he well, I said give me somebody else.
3: I like Phoenix. I didn't think of phoenix um that was a good choice though i, I mean i wanted to, I wanted him to go somewhere where he could be utilized and because I don't know if Jaleel Ol is uh if his future is as a starter, he might be best served as a offensive weapon off the bench because he' like kind of answer yeah, yeah, just like actually just like that <laughs> right now he's a starter, but um. It is what it is. I don't know if Kanner is going to be a, a career starter his whole career, you know. Um, it's working out for him right now. But, yeah, just like Cantor, I think uh, Jaleel Offer has the, the ability to be that type of player. And I think Phoenix is a good spot for him because he, he's, he's different than the other centers they have on their te- other young centers. They have like a or Bender, that he does that inside scoring type of game, which is different than what the other two give him. Um, or in Tyson, you know, Tyson, I would figure Tyson would be – traded at that point, <laughs> at some point. Um, but in terms of the future, I think jo- Joel Okafor in Phoenix sounds like a good place to put him. Uh, if not there, uh, why not why Dallas? Not? Dallas could yeah. use a nice young center, you know? I- I'm not sure. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Honestly. I,
1: would, I would say why not OKC? OKC? Yeah, yeah,
3: yeah. It's not I, bad either. On I the mean, bench?
1: they don't yeah, if they don't have cancer anymore. They need somebody to take those minutes. Uh um I mean Patterson has kind of not been working out there. I mean, he's been averaging like yeah. 10 less than 10 minutes a game. Um Yeah. I think I think Patterson's really kind of struggled because of the Mello deal. Um mm-hmm. you know, like they didn't expect to be able to they, they didn't think Mello was going to fall into their lap and then when it did, obviously Patterson, yeah. you know, was was kind of the uh Sacrificial lamb in that in that uh, sense, um, but yeah, I mean, I think OKC could work. Like, why not say
0: like
1: Terrence? Why not Terrence Ferguson? And you take Kyle Stingler off our books, and we'll we'll take Jalil Okafor, and you get a young shooting guard who has a lot of potential. Um, at one point, he was, um, you know, like. Uh, two seasons or uh, uh, a season ago anyway, before um he elected to go overseas um instead of playing college ball.
0: Mm-hmm. I
1: feel like I, I think he was a top ten prospect coming out of coming out of high school. Um now he, he went down in the draft, he went down to twenty one, um which which is where O K C selected him. But I mean he's still got a lot of potential. He ain't getting any playing time with O K C. Um but Not I mean really if you look at if you look at Philly, I mean yeah they got Reddick but he's on a one year deal. Um yeah. you know, they got I mean who else they really got? Who's like a true shooting guard? Um
3: yeah. not, yeah. A, lot of, a, good not a lot of players shooting yeah. yeah you're right so like That's
1: a good point. yeah, why not why not take him? You, you, you take uh and and, and take Fingler off the books um he's only got two two more years left on his deal so this year next year um at like 4, $4 5 million dollars not not a big cap hit um that would be my pick. i think that would work really well um and no draft picks involved like just you get Terence Ferguson you get a young prospect we get Jalil Okafor somebody who we think we could you know groom as our as our backup center and you know go from there the only thing that could think that would hold it up is um, obviously they gotta re sign um uh Paul George next year um so maybe they don't wanna pay Jilly Local for that I mean that could be a yeah. big thing that would that would hold I it up but that it, that. honestly but honestly, like even just moving Kyle Singler off your books might be worth it, even if you don't resign Jaleel Okafor. Maybe just move it because Singler's sign on for two more years. So maybe moving him, if you got to give up Ferguson, you get Jaleel Okafor as your backup for the year. You see how that works out. It might be worth it, nonetheless. Yeah. True. I like it.
3: I like OKC. Oh. Good choice.
1: Well, what do you, what do you think, Juwan? Do you think he'd be a good fit in OKC? Juwan? I think we lost him. I think we lost
2: him. Hold on, no, no, no. I'm sorry, I had myself muted. I'm sorry. Um, I, I don't, I don't know what I think about him, offensive rebound wise, because we haven't seen him play that much in a few years, um, and that's what Cancer's biggest thing was. He was horrible defensively. He could rebound the hell out of that ball, and he could put up Still points. Um, we just haven't seen Okafor do that because he hasn't he hasn't had the opportunity. Um, so mm-hmm. I, I I don't know I I don't know what to expect from it. Um, I I don't even know what to expect from him defensively. So I, I'm not that sure. I'm not that sure. Only reason I said Phoenix was because if he goes to Phoenix, that team doesn't have winning in its culture, so he has time to develop all those things. Uh, with that young core, if he goes to OKC, they're looking for him to produce like now. Like no, you don't have time to develop. You need to do this now. Uh, so if you're confident that he could, if he, that he could bring it, uh, Nick. And yeah, that that's that's a good fit. I'm just not sure if he could do that. But like I said, I, I could be wrong. I just haven't seen him. He hasn't had the opportunity to show it. Uh, so I think that's my biggest thing. But I mean, it's not a horrible place to. Place for him to go. Um, I also heard what you said about paying Paul George, so that might come into into uh, into effect. You don't want to mess up uh, your money for uh, for for Paul, and he's gonna need he's gonna want money. So, but, uh, yeah, oh, uh, I Phoenix. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I just said Phoenix because he can grow there with those young guys, and he doesn't have to have immediate pressure put on him. Him going from Philly, yeah. where he was the number, where he was a high pick, to now OKC, who has a huge winning culture. And is looking for you to produce now, I think that's way too much for him this early.
1: Well, and I think if think there can be a trade in which, you know, you, some trade with Okafor for Bledsoe, other players and picks involved, do it. Like, if you're Philly, do it. Like, I mean, don't give up any of your really good picks, but, you know, I'd give up. I mean, they got a lot of picks. Um, they got, like, three second-rounders from y'all's Knicks. So, like, can um, you not reminding me? Sorry, man Good <laughs> old Phil Jackson. Um, anyway, let's move on. We, we got about eighteen minutes left. I wanna, I wanna, just kind of briefly go through through this because um, I want to get to our, our last segment. But um, just quickly, uh, Joel, who's your player of the week?
3: My player of the week. Uh, Kristaps mm-hmm. Poisingas, at least until tonight. Ah! <laughs> but yeah, yeah, Kristaps has been killing it the last this week. So he's had a good week, good run since that Boston game, which it did not look great because, well, it was just a bad game overall. Um, but he's been killing it. I mean, he's been doing everything, uh, and he he just he looks so much better than he did the last two years, especially. That's why I felt. Like this is the first time I felt more confident in the idea of him possibly becoming the most improved player this season because of just how well he's been playing, and I just think he's had such a good week. Um, well, again until today, um, that I have to give it to him. He's, he's my guy. He's my he's my player of the week.
1: Where, uh, Juwan? Who's your player of the week?
2: Alright, well I see me and Joel are gonna have to start doing rock, paper, scissor to see who goes first. <laughs> uh, it was
3: ultimate, <laughs> it ultimate.
2: was also it was also KP. Uh, so I don't have a backup because I was kinda hoping Joel would go a different way. But I'm seeing Why kinda, would you think he would kinda, go a different way? I don't know. I thought maybe he had someone else in mind. Uh I, I don't even know who else I would pick. Um I have another one
3: I, if you if you want
2: well, no. You've already said to the people you pick with KP, <laughs> so you can't now
3: <laughs> trade it now and change I gotta, it. I, um, back
2: up. I gonna, got a backup. We're just gonna. right. Well, then who
3: is your backup? Because I don't have one. Uh, Oladipo, man, the, the, and uh, Nick, right. fucking yep. Indiana Pacers. Damn <laughs> uh, so right. With Oladipo. Two, man. Yeah, man, fucker. He's good. He's, I mean, he's looked a lot better since he's been in Indiana than he did in OKC. He's the player. That <laughs> no, learned. no, I agree. I agree.
2: I agree. You know I mean? I'm just <laughs> saying you should have went with Oladipo so I could have had KP. So go ahead. Nick.
3: I was just more proud of what I've seen in KP than I have in OU. Ola. For obvious reasons. I have we obviously <laughs> yeah, obviously. <laughs> All right, well,
1: I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with because I didn't give him love last week because obviously I had to give a shout out to my boy Darren Collison who's been balling out uh, with my Pacers. They're just my Pacers now, aren't they? Like, yeah, <laughs> I mean, Nick, Nick I feel like that's my. I, I'm not even a Hawks fan anymore. I'm a fucking Pacers fan at this point. Um, <laughs> but nah, I, I'm gonna go with Ben Simmons, man. Um, because I didn't give him love last week, um, and uh, I feel like he he deserved it even more last week than this week. But even this week, man. Well, let's just let's just paint it like this. Dude's averaging eighteen point four points, nine point one rebounds, seven point seven assists. Shooting fifty three percent. Um, he's got a player efficiency rating of twenty one point seven. This is your rookie of the year. Yeah, I mean he's going to be rookie of the year. He I mean, dude just balls. He needs to work on his free throw shooting though. Shooting fifty six point one percent, that ain't gonna cut it. Um I mean that you just that needs to be better. But um I mean even tonight he uh posted nineteen points, uh thirteen boards, nine assists, two steals, only four turnovers. Four turnovers for a point guard is not that bad, um, I mean, dude's balling. Dude is just straight balling, and I, I had to give him a nod. I think, I think he's, uh, I think he's a real deal. Um, team of the week. Uh, let me start with you, Jawan, so Joel can't steal your
2: shit. Thank goodness. I'm gonna oh, go with. I originally time. had. <laughs> I originally had the Memphis Grizzlies, but I'm gonna change it, and I'm gonna go with the Orlando Magic.
1: <laughs> All right. Anything to elaborate on that, Juwan? Uh
2: Yeah, sure. <laughs> I was that no, but seriously, seriously, them sitting at six and two, them sitting at six and two. Uh, the game they put on tonight, Gordon hitting the go-ahead three to uh, beat the Grizzlies. They have beaten some okay teams, uh, but they've also had some impressive wins against the Cavs. Uh, and now the the Memphis uh, Memphis Grizzlies. This team uh, under Frank Vogel, man, this team is really starting to remind me a little bit of what Frank had uh, when he had that magic with the Pacers that that year, uh, where they took it to the Miami Heat. They've beaten the Spurs also. Um, they have two glaring losses against the Hornets and the Cavs, uh, but outside of that, this team has been playing some really, really, really good basketball. So. I'm going with the uh, Orlando Magic It's my team of the week. Where, Joel, What you got?
3: All right, so because I have to go in a different direction, um, I'm going to go with Charlotte Hornets, who have been sneakily oh, pretty decent the last nice. couple games. I like it. They have. They're they they've been they snuck up on me. Uh, Dwight white Walker is really balling out. Yeah, he's been balling. Uh, he's been. He, he could have been a candidate for player of the week, honestly. That's how good he's been playing. Um, mm-hmm. But, yeah, that, that I just thought they – I didn't expect them to be this – not that they're playing great or anything, but they're, they are playing good. And I didn't expect that considering how they played in the preseason. They lost Nicholas Batum. And then I know uh, Michael Gilchrist was out for a little bit. Um, and I was like, oh, they might just – they're probably not going to be good enough, considering in their backup point, it was like Julian Stone, I think, at one point. <laughs> mm-hmm. Now, not so much. Now, I think they, they rely a lot more on Malik Monk to do both guard positions off the, off the bench. But, yeah, I like what i have seen out of the Hornets. They're actually staying alive and putting up buckets. And the Kemba is balling. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I will. In
2: hey, man,
3: and I Jeremy Lamb
1: play. is playing out of his mind.
3: He's playing good. He's playing good.
2: I will also say a name on that team that no one's really mentioning. Uh, someone that I thought would be a one-two punch combo with with Kimba. Dwight's been putting mm-hmm. up numbers, man. It's been very quiet.
3: No one's yeah really just mentioned it. It,
2: But it. He's been putting yeah. up numbers. No, no, no. I'm, I'm yeah. saying in the media. I don't mean on. on oh yeah, yeah, no yeah, one's talking in about it the media. It. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No one's no one's yeah, talking about absolutely. it. Absolutely. He's, he's quietly putting up numbers.
3: Yeah. He's third word, in rebound. word.
2: <laughs> yeah, absolutely.
1: I mean, he he's been playing great. Um. I'm going I'm to throw out the Sixers, man, um, to continue with my, okay. my Sixers uh, theme uh, with Ben Simmons. Um, over the last five games, they're 4-1. and one. Their one loss was to Houston by one point. Uh, they beat Detroit on the 23rd. They beat Dallas on the 28th. They beat Houston at Houston on the 30th, and they just beat Atlanta tonight. No surprise. Um like, Big win! Hey man, they they are balling. <laughs> they're getting it together. They are now four and four. Um, they're mm-hmm. they're starting to kind of gel together, which we all knew might take some time. Um, I mean, they're just they, they're tying it together. They're playing well. That that loss to Houston was miraculous because they were up by like ten with like three and a half minutes left in the game or something like that. Yeah. Um so I mean they could very well easily be on a five game winning streak um after losing three games uh, to start the season they're 4 and 1 you know up up past that point and I mean that's very impressive um I I really y'all know how much I love the Sixers they're my second team because Allen Iverson is still my favorite player of all time. So like forever, <laughs> like the, the the Sixers are my second second favorite team. Um, and you okay. know I've been uh, I've been very trepidatious about picking them to make the playoffs, but man, I hope they prove me wrong. I really do. I I love the Sixers, and so I, I hope they do well. Uh, game of the week, guys. What you got, uh, Joel? I'm gonna start with you.
3: See, this is hard because I don't. I it's been hard to to catch full games, (laughs) so um, I'm gonna go with a game that I actually watched. (laughs) So I'm gonna go with the Knicks versus the Nuggets, a game where they they went up high, blowing them out, and had this crazy fucking comeback by the Denver Nuggets, where they at one point I swear it was like thirty to three or whatever it was in the third quarter, and it was. I was like, oh well, there goes the lead that they had, and it came down to the wire at the very end uh, in the fourth quarter, and KP and Crew and Tim Hardaway finally turned it on in the fourth quarter, and it was a good game. It turned out to be a close game, even though I didn't. I wish it wouldn't, but it, it is what it is. They ended up getting the win, and um, that was my game of the week. Indeed, sir. That, I mean, uh, I actually you it. <laughs> um, Jawah, what
1: was you know your what? game of the week?
2: You know what? I want to say really quickly, Joel, that was a great pick mainly because in the fourth quarter, Kristaps had five fouls, and he did what I've been yeah. dreaming for him to learn how to do, and that is to avoid being fouled out. And they pulled that win out. Yep. Um, so very good. Is. Uh, mine is, mine is going to be Thunder versus the T-Wolves Part 2 or 3? Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Part 2. Sorry. Yeah. Part two. Um, 2. Man, Jimmy Butler went out there to show the world a – I haven't gone anywhere. I'm just as important as, as I was in Chicago. Um, and he put out a, a Michael Jordan flu kind of game. Uh, he was balling out <laughs> in that game, man. Jimmy Butler was really trying to, re re uh, you know, kind of show that he is a force still in the NBA. Um, and for some reason, man, I don't know what it is. And I keep telling people this: the NBA is made up of matchups. For some reason, Thunder can not... <laughs> Cannot beat the wolves. I don't know what it is. I used to think it was cat, but now I'm like, nah. They just have too many pieces that OKC just can't get over, and it's been very close games. Melo was within a, a, a three of tying it, just like Melo was within the three of winning it the the last game. So for some reason, the T Wolves have their number.
1: Yeah, man. I'm gonna go with the with the uh, the Clippers uh, at playing Portland. Um, uh, Going to Portland on the twenty sixth. Man, that game was so awesome. Everybody, like everybody, played well. It was just, it was one of those just kind of epic games. One hundred and four to one hundred and three, one point game. It was the first loss of the season for the Clippers. Um, So you know the the um, Blazers were kind of able to deliver that uh, to them. And you know that kind of, to me, almost set a precedent for the Blazers because they were three and two. No I'm sorry. Four and two. Uh, I'm sorry. Four and three. Wait. No. 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 Sorry. They're three and one going into let me that
3: game. When you figure it out.
1: Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, let me figure it out. They were, they were three and one going into that game, and so they they played a really Oh, wait, wait, wait. I'm sorry. The Clippers won that game. So they were 3-1. The Blazers <laughs> were 3-1 going into that game. And right. they they dropped the game. Uh, and, you know, the Clippers were able to pull out that victory. Blake Griffin was hitting threes like crazy. Um, it, dude is just balling out. He is playing so great in Chris Paul's absence. It's ridiculous. I mean, it's I don't think anybody saw his performance coming, um, at least not to the degree that it is. And the way that he's been leading his team uh, in Paul's absence and just just balling out has been ridiculous. Um, So that's that's the game I'm going to go with. And forgive me for uh, just fucking up all of that. Uh, Anyway, (laughs) (laughs) hey, it happens. Uh, We got about five minutes left. I wanna I wanna start a new segment. We're only gonna have one part of this segment. Um but let me let me just get a yay or nay on parts two and three. Uh Magic, gonna make the playoffs. Yay or nay, You Alright, yay or nay. Joel.
3: Um uh, yay, yay. We'll go yay.
1: I'm gonna say nay. I don't think they will. I think they'll fade. Uh let's go with uh Clippers. <laughs> Will they get home court advantage? Will they be a
2: top-four
1: team in the West, yay or nay? Jawan? Nay. Joel?
3: Nay.
1: I'm going to say yay. I think they will. And surprisingly enough, My I didn't even pick them. them to make the playoffs. But if they can stay healthy, I think they will. I think the Clippers got what it takes. Um, what I really want to talk about – for all of you full court pressers out there, uh, we had an interesting dialogue uh, pretty much between, between Jawan and Joelle. Uh, contender or pretender, Giannis Ooh. for MVP. Is he a contender or is he a pretender? Let me start with you, Jawan, give you the floor. When you're done, just pass it to Joelle. Let's hear it.
2: Um,. All right, pretender is a really, really, really negative word. It's going to make it sound like I don't think he's playing MVP caliber basketball right now. Um, He is. The reason why I'm going to say he is a pretender is because to be MVP, you not only have to win games, you have to win games that matter. You have to – your points per game have to be up there, or some numbers have to be up there, whether it's assists, rebounds. They usually look for – all three of them to be up there. Um, My biggest thing is, and last night's game was a huge indication on what to expect going forward from the Bucs. Giannis cannot shoulder the burden day in and day out. That is not because he's not talented enough. That is because there is no one that can drop. I'm sorry, Westbrook did it. But it it is very hard. Last night, Giannis had 32 points. They lost because the next highest score on that team had 9 points. So to think that he can put up MVP numbers a large portion of this season, I just I don't see it. I do not see it. I see his star start to dim as far as MVP, not as far as how great he's going to be, as far as MVP around I'd say December January, where the the MVP talk start to intensify, I see that going to a few other guys. I do not think Uh, the star will continue to be as bright for Giannis going forward. And, Joel, I'll pass it to you because I don't want to eat up all the time.
3: Well, I don't have a giant speech. Um, As as of right (laughs) now, he is. I don't. I mean, as as of right now, he is a contender. I don't really think it's much of a question. Of course he is. Um, Tonight was a good example of a game that he didn't carry the load. Uh, He only had, what, I think, I think he was under twenty. He didn't have he didn't have a great game, honestly. And I think it was uh Kim Middleton that carried the load. He had forty three tonight. So he, but he did have a double double. He didn't yeah, have an fourteen, tonight. yeah. And right. Exactly. But he had five assists, he had
1: two steals, two blocks, he filled out the stats. But they lost. But
3: they lost the loss. That's
1: true. the loss. They did lose that's my that's team that's of the that's week. The
3: point. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well. Yeah, yeah, of the yeah.
2: Well the game's not over. <laughs> is no. it over? Maybe it is. <laughs>
3: Yo, Joel, what it I was is, saying by a...
2: that is in the M V P conversation, they look for you to win to win important games and them playing a team that could be a playoff team, uh, you know, they look for the games against the the Cavs, against OKC. They look for you to rise up in games like that. And I'm not saying that he's not going to down the down the line. I'm just saying he has to drop thirty a game just for them to be in it. I know tonight wasn't the case for that. But are we depending on Middleton to get twenty to forty a night? I don't know if. Well, we, and that's,
1: I, and I that's a good point because now they're thirty a night. and well, and they're now four and four, and because he didn't score thirty tonight, they probably lost because mm-hmm. of that. Joel, quick, quick retort.
3: Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm not even arguing that. I, I was, I, I don't disagree with that at all. I'm just saying it's too early to tell. There's not a, a big enough sample size. For me, I mean, you saw it last night. I didn't see it. I'm just saying it's still too early to tell if that's going to be the case. So you could be all right. I'm not saying you won't. Yeah,
1: I mean, basically, Joel just saying, hey man, he can contend. Um, anyway, guys, thank yeah. you so much for joining us for another episode of Full Court Press. Uh, it was a super fun show, and as always, join us on Sunday for Geek Vibes live at eight o'clock. We're gonna be talking all the geek culture you can handle. Thank you so much again, and adios.
3: For Ragnarok. Ragnarok.
1: Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain.